you always have to start with the people you know, because I mean, you, you know, people who know you, uh, or people who know you, like they, they, they'll have trust and maybe making the introduction or referring you to their contacts. So I started with my friends from, you know, my engineering school or my business school where, um, you know, they introduced me to, uh, to leads in the travel space that, that were willing to listen to them, to my pitch, because you need to get the first meeting before anything. And this is, I think the first hurdle you need to get through. Hello everyone. Welcome to the SaaS podcast. I'm your host, Upendra Verma. And today we have Al with us. Al here runs a company called Silitech. Hey Al, welcome to the show. Hey Upendra. Hi everyone. Hello. So, uh, Al, so let's talk about your company and product first, right? So what does your company do and why do customers pay you money? Sure. So we at Celitech, we help travel companies like Expedia, Kayak, um, offer co-branded international cellular data plans using uh, one-click eSIM technology. So we've pioneered this concept of uh, bundling eSIM where it's, um, you know, bookings, like if you're booking a flight or a hotel, you'll be able to add a cellular data plan with one tick mark at checkout. You add it to your trip and you get it as a as a QR code that you have to scan with your device to activate it and have it ready for your trip. Uh, for the traveler, it, help, it helps uh, in saving. So like you can save up to 80% on data roaming. So it'll help you to stay connected in destination when you travel internationally uh, while saving 80% compared to data roaming. All right. So so essentially, who who are you trying to sell this to? Is this your typical traveler that's who's sort of going out is is that who you're trying to sell your uh, sort of so we with a b2b api company we we sell to travel companies okay uh, we because we you know we believe it's easier from a customer yeah, okay. from ux for the customer to buy it with the flight or the sure, hotel. Sure. so essentially you sell to travel companies like expedia and all and they end up obviously uh, sort of giving that service to their travelers on their platform. Yep, exactly. Because we also help them, um, you know, um, use it to do more, help you like um, uh, maybe, you know, look at their offerings when you're in destination, maybe to buy in destination activity, attraction or tour to minimize the friction of, uh, of, of, you know, of your trip. So when you're traveling and you're connected, you can have, you can do more obviously with Expedia or Kayak or the travel partner that is offering the service. All right. Uh, so talk a bit about the exact software that you're trying to sell these to the sell these big companies. Right? So what exactly does it do and sort of, and what's your business model there? So we, we offered them an API that they can integrate with their, um, websites, mobile apps with any UI they have, um, to their customers. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we make it as, um, one click checkout, um, you know, for, for, uh, their travelers. So if you're when you're booking a flight or after you book a flight at, at, at the confirmation page, you're able to add the service exactly like you add travel insurance. One tick mark, you add it to your trip and you get it as a QR code. Um, so we, we sell them. So through the API, they order the eSIM through our platform and we sell them wholesale. They sell it retail after adding a markup. Um, so they make money on, on top of this as a, as a new ancillary service. Or in some cases, they, they offer it for free to the end travel to, to the traveler or the end user because if you're bundling, let's say, a, a flight with a hotel, or they have like you have points like through their loyalty program, they may be able to give it to you completely for free. Got it. 
All right. So, so let's talk about your uh, customers a bit, right? So now I'm understanding these are your big travel companies. So can I can I get a sense of how many sort of customers uh, do you work with as of today? Yeah, we we have over, I would say, twenty partners uh, signed in pilot or live. Um, mainly in the major travel companies. Um, we were besides the OTAs, like the online travel agencies. We also work with airlines and hotels, and this is recent, but we're gaining traction there. Um, and it can be any travel company, any travel app. So if you're offering anything around travel and, and you have international travelers as, as customers, we can help you add the eSIM to your offerings. Got it. Makes sense. And uh, can I ask you what sort of revenue are you doing and approximately approximate ranges totally work, if you're comfortable with? I mean, we, we, we don't share the monthly revenue. We should, we can, I can tell you like our Amor is doubling every couple months because sure. international travel is coming back and coming back fast. So since, since January, we grew like 15X. And uh, now every couple of months, we, whenever the new partner yeah. goes live, we kind of double our Amor So how exactly are you pricing your APIs, for example? Is it on a per traveler basis? How exactly does that work? So we have our, our, our pricing is um, divided into two, uh, let's say two, two buckets. First, uh, you pay, you pay us a subscription uh, because for, for accessing the API and we have basic pro and pro plus tiers. So depending on what kind of features you want to have, uh, like for example, with pro plus, we can brand the eSIM network for you so that you can, instead of seeing Salitech as the network name, you can see your brand, uh, and, and this will help you get mobile impressions and, and have your brand on the mind of the traveler in destination. Um, and, and on top of that, we charge you by the eSIM, depending on how many eSIMs you order in a given month. So we all, you know, we, we have automatic invoicing, uh, that you'll get our invoice with the subscription fee and the eSIMs that you ordered in a given month and you pay us accordingly. Got it. Right. So, so, uh, got it. So let's, let's move on to your, uh, sort of, you know, growth journey so far, right? So I want to deep dive into that. So, uh, I'm given to understand you've got this big enterprise customers, right? So who are sort of making billions of dollars of revenue. It's so talk to me about the whole process, right? I want you to go back and just talk about how you managed to get that first couple of customers, right? First couple of partners as you might call them. Yeah. I mean, that's always the hardest part, uh, you know, especially when I mean, we, we started pre-COVID and, and we were, um, we basically pioneered this kind of, um, um, you know, programmable eSIM that can be bundled with trips. And, and we, we added uh, like, uh, besides having building IP and patents around that, like on the customer side, it was always starting with a long journey of testing and piloting. So most of these big corporates, um, would want to make sure that the service is reliable, is secure, is, um, you know, and it, of course is affordable so that they can, you know, they can, they can, it can make sense to their end traveler. Yeah. Um, so we had to go through like a lengthy process of testing, deploying, like many, many, many partners would start with uh, giving it to their employees, testing it in multiple countries before they even start with a pilot. And then in, when you start with a pilot, they start with a small group of travelers. They test it, get feedback. And then I can say we have been always delighting the, the traveler because we, you know, we, we've done 
work on even giving you better service than roaming, like not only cheaper by 80%, but higher quality of service in terms of speed and latency. Yeah. So so I want to I want to sort of understand that sales cycle that you've talked about. I can understand it might take you months or sometimes even years. Right. But how how did it work out for you during those first couple of customers? Right. So how did you manage to sort of get in there? Right? So what was your background? What worked for you? How did the top of funnel work? And how did you manage to sort of close it? I just want to sort of understand your journey there because that's often the toughest, right? And especially for a novel company, sort of cracking these big deals is always going to be a very tough thing, right? So so what was your journey like? But what helped? Yeah. It, you always have to start with the people you know because, I mean, you, you know, people who know you uh, or people who know you, like they, they, they'll have trust in maybe making the introduction or referring you to their contacts. So I started with my friends from, you know, my engineering school or my business school where, um, you know, they introduced me to, uh, to leads in the travel space that, that were willing to listen to them, to my pitch, because you need to get the first meeting before anything. And this is, I think the first hurdle you need to get through. So you need to, uh, to focus early on, especially early on, on people who know, who know you, who trust you, who have done business with you and, and are willing to, uh, make the intro for you. So. These people can can help you out, and once you get the intro, once you get the meeting, uh, you you have to do the heavy lifting on on the pitch and the product, and 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 you know be able to get the pilot. All right, so so I'm 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 understanding you've got a bunch of intros with with your within your contacts, then you then then you sort of you know manage to convert that into a pilot, and what what happened after that? Right, so what 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 what, so, what was yeah. the process like so the, back then? The pilot has to be successful. The partner to say, you know, this is interesting, and I can I can take it to my customers to like at scale, because you know these customers. Uh, I mean, classically, these partners have been selling very classical products like a hotel or a flight or something around travel, which has been around for like years and years. Uh, versus our product, which is like a new in the space. It's like a new ancillary. They haven't. It's very heavy tech. It, it involves networks, uh, cellular networks. It involves QR codes and eSIM. So it's it's heavily technical. So um, we need to name the pilot and make sure that the pilot is success before we get to the next phase, which is uh, deploying at you know deploying live with their customers. And um, and yeah, we 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 we, we basically um, try to make sure that the pilot is success, like. Be obsessed and, about like you know yeah. the pilot and and how it, how how it goes. And then give give me some data points around like how much time does it typically take for your pilot to sort of you know con for you to sort of demonstrate that pilot phase, right? So what's what's what does the yeah. average time look like? So when we had no customers, when we started with the first one, it took ten months, literally. Okay. Uh, but but like you know because so many like most of our customers. Here, like, learn about the eSIM technology from yeah. us. And then be like, what's eSIM? And then you have to explain it's a digital SIM that doesn't require a hardware element. It's activated by QR code, blah, blah, blah. So we have, like, a, a learning curve that we go through with the customers. But after getting the first, like, five customers, after having these solid references with live deployments, some of them, like, where we can show how it works on, on online, it's much easier now for the next ones. So now it's probably, in some cases, it's a pilot of few weeks versus few months. Okay, it, it now takes you a couple of months around, weeks to months. Is that how it is? 
Yeah, in some cases, it's even it's even shortened. Like, uh, uh, you know, this morning we onboarded a travel app that literally signed our agreement on Friday. They 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 started the onboarding today. They want to go live by end of the month. So so four weeks from signature to going live. Yeah, and and how the how how many touch points do you have right in term during this you know uh, during this pilot phase right? How many conversations do you have? How many meetings do you set up? So so uh, just give me a sense of you know what happens during that pilot stage, especially from your end. Yeah. So typically you need. On average, like in typical SaaS um, or B two B, you know, sales, you have you have to have around five to eight touch points in terms of, uh, you know, whether meeting the same decision maker multiple times or meeting meeting mul- meeting multiple decision makers uh, single times or in, in in different because in many cases um, to. Get to live, we have to be vetted like by the technical people, firstly by the commercial product people who are going to be like looking at the products from a strategic perspective, how much money it can make them, what kind of engagement they can do, mobile engagement maybe with their customers, blah, blah, blah. But then after that, you have the technical people trying to like check it, check the, sorry, the security, the uh, quality of service, and then the, the deployability of the API. So... How how fast they can take it to live, how it works, and and uh, and yeah, typically you need these five to eight, let's say, touch points or meetings, and uh, that can take you to live. Okay, so this is uh, this is still the pilot phase, right? So when so so I'm so you're saying that you need you need to sort of get vetted by a bunch of people before you could say that your pilot is a success. And yep. so uh, just a couple of things, right? From your end, right? Who sort of interacts with this customer during that pilot phase? So do you have any sales reps? Do you have any engineers working with your uh, potential customers during this pilot phase? So so I just want to understand yeah. in terms of manpower. So depending on on depending on let's say the the depending on who's who's the touch point from the partner end. Um if it's a product, then you know, I'm 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 the product guy, so I, I typically focus on on lead these meetings or this touch point. If it's a commercial, if it's a commercial only, we have, uh, you know, our chief commercial officer or our uh, chief marketing officer. If it's a marketing touch point, okay. then uh, we we bring them on board. And if it's a completely dev, complete tech, uh, then we have, you know, our lead developer kind of pitching in and leading that touch point or that call. So depending on on the mm-hmm. touch point, like in many cases, um, uh, you have, you know. You have companies that are product-led. They don't focus too much on the tech stuff. So the product manager might be the leader for all these touch points. And on, on the flip side, you also have maybe um, travel apps that are very technical, that are tech-first. So yeah. in that case, it's mainly the developer and, and the CEO. So, so, so typically, it's a combination of all of your people to sort of, depending upon the decision makers out there. Is that how it Yep. Yeah, I mean, you need to uh, you need to be able to uh, um, address their concerns because yeah. every single partner has different angle, different concern. Yeah. They'll be coming from a different a different kind of perspective to to why they want to deploy our technology. Got and it. and as long as you address that, 
you 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 can you know you can you can yeah, close yeah. a deal and all right. So 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 now you 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 it, it's been a couple of months. You managed to sort of convince all the stakeholders. Your pilot is a huge success. Now they're willing to onboard, right? Now how much time does it take from that, you know, that point to uh to you know the the customer going live with your product? So how 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 tough is the onboarding process? So I mean we we. We make sure we we have a great dev experience. We call it because besides the UX, the user experience, and 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 you also need to have great dev experience, which is the onboarding process. We always say we have a record time of two hours. Like the the the, the shortest time of of a developer deploying our API it has been two hours, but it's gonna depend on uh, you know on the partners how how the partner wanna kind of present it or show yeah. or show the QR for example. So um so while the API can be deployed in two hours, the QR code, how you show the QR code when the buy let's say when the traveler buys the service, um uh, can 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 be in different formats, different UIs. So, so I'm it's I'm, I'm to trying to get a sense of how on an average how much time does it take from, from that successful pilot to say go live. So it's from two hours to two weeks, depending on the partner. It's, st it's still in weeks, right? It's still in weeks. It's not months or quarters. No, it's it's in weeks because I mean the I made the API simple enough to go live in two hours, literally. Right. But it's depending on the partner what kind of UI they want to use in the app or website. It can take them some work on how they present the QR code, and that that's up to them. Sometimes it takes a couple of days, sometimes a couple of weeks. But I can say the, the the range is few hours to few weeks. Got it. And then, do you need any hand holding during this phase of 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 sort of going live, especially from your engineers? Because this is a this is an engineering product, right? I mean, this is a yeah, technical API. Not that... much. Not much. I think once the partner allocates the dev resources, I think the so we have an open API. Like our API has a, a Swagger a spec file, which is the classical, let's say, open API. A structure and um, yeah, once um, a developer um, has that with the with the with the details with the technical documentation, they can run on their own with that. Um, so you, it doesn't require much handholding. Uh, you know, yeah. I, it's it it just the, the most time consumption phase is the pre-approval phase. I would yeah. say. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's where you're trying to convince them. All right. So, so one one last question around you know. So, so my question is now: How are you going to scale it from let's say twenty partners to let's say two hundred partners, right? So you've got to scale this entire process up. And I'm trying to understand in terms of the playbook that you might have sort of created so far, right? And how exactly is that going to work? Because uh, especially during that convincing phase, I'm understanding that your engineers might also have to jump in to sort of convince your stakeholders, right? So a lot of people might have to jump in, right? So now how are you going to scale this process to sort of grow that customer count? What's in the plan? So, 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 um, I mean, obviously we continue to improve on, on the dev, um, experience on the onboarding process, even on, on, uh, because we're learning now more on how our partners are deploying, like what kind of UIs they're using to, to, uh, um, kind of show it to, to their customers and which UIs are converting the, the most. Yeah. Um, so now we have this data. So we eventually we can, we're going to have uh, uh, code snippets, examples for our partners that are going to help them with faster onboarding. So um, maybe the first partner took more than two hours. Maybe I would say 20 hours. Now we're at two, but eventually it can be a few minutes because once we know 
what's the standard most optimal way of deploying not only the API, also showcasing the showing the UI on, on the partner website or app, then we can recommend it to our partner. And then in this case, it can be, it can go even faster. Um, so our coming customers gonna have, gonna have even more informed uh, decision, they're gonna be able to make more informed decisions because we're gonna tell them, if you do it this way, it's gonna convert at this much. If you do it this way, it's, gonna, it's not gonna be optimal. Um, this is first. And second, they're going to have these code snippets that they can deploy so they don't have to like write code. I mean, they ultimately want this to be like a couple lines of code and we can get that maybe in, 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 in a year or two or something. But on top of that, our existing customers are big customers and we have so much potential for scale within them. So, so as, as we have more data on how the consumer is using it, what kind of, uh, conversion rates they're getting, how we can improve it. We can go back to existing customers and say, hey, maybe you, you need to op optimize this touch point with your traveler to do it this way instead of that way, to do it in booking instead of post booking, to do it, um, to do the one click instead of uh, landing page, stuff like that. And, and, uh, and I think, uh, you know, within, within our side customers, we can grow to massive revenues because probably we have like so, so, so I, I from hundreds. what I understand, that's that's something that you really can't control, right? I mean, if if a partner on boats, it essentially whoever, you know, whatever sort of traffic that is got, he's essentially sort of sending it towards you already, right? Because, uh, so now how exactly can you expand your account? Because now whatever customers, whatever users that they have, they're essentially sending it to you all already, right? There's nothing much that you can do to sort of expand, for example, land a hundred k deal and grow it to a million. Is that something that you can do? No. No, that's, that's, that's why I mentioned, um, because the way they present it and the way they, they offer it can make or break the offer. Got like it. you have, we've seen, we've seen deployments that convert 0.5% of the time. Oh, okay. So they, they need like 200 impressions to get one customer. Yeah. At the same time, we've seen deployments that convert 20% of the time. Yeah. So and essentially it's about that seeing... conversion in that sense, right? So exactly. it's, it's, you're because not upselling or cross-selling. Essentially you are trying yeah. to optimize where your partner puts it, right? Something like that. Exactly. How they present it, where they put it, like where they put it, at what stage of the trip. Like we had, we were talking now to customers that are trying to also offer it online and they have like uh, an attach rate of 60%. Mm -hmm. So it's massive because yeah. it's, it's different. So we can, this is more like account management and, and, and now we're learning how, how to look into that. Because if you go from conversion of 1% to 10%, sure, you, you can literally 10x an account, you know, 10x an account without much effort because that account is already signed, already live. They just need to optimize, um, you know, where they offer the, the, the service. Got it. That's, that's very interesting to be honest. All right. So let's, let's try to wrap this up. Right. So. So just want to get a few data points around your company. So when did you start the company? So I started the company in like, I was working on Sanitech 2018 part-time. Wow. I started full-time in summer 2019 and we got our first major pilot in March, 2020, exactly when COVID hit. Yeah. And it was, it was literally two days before the U.S. shut down, traveled to, uh, you know, internationally. So we had to put it on hold 
and you know keep building during COVID uh, when international travel was on hold until it's back. It, it, it came back last, let's say, in Q4 last year. So in Q4 last year, we started seeing traction from our partners coming back saying, hey, we're ready now, you know, sort of getting the international traffic. So from Jan, uh, uh, we started seeing increase in, 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 in the interest and, and deployments and, you know, yeah. leads and funnels. So we're, we're, we can't complain about growth now. It, we just need to catch up with that kind of growth. And then how many folks do you have in your team as of today? So between full-time and part-time, uh, we're a team of 12 people at the moment, which we're hiding. Obviously, uh, yeah. we continue to hire. And, and how many engineers? Well, so, so funny enough, till, till Jan, and Jan this year, we've been 100% engineers. Like we've been a bunch of geeks, like eight engineers. Now, since Jan, um, we had, you know, our chief commercial officer joining, our chief marketing officer, our sales rep, um, you know, our outreach uh, uh, rep. So we have, so now we have a sales team and it happened only this year because, yeah, we before this year, we didn't have the, we didn't have international traffic basically. And who, who, who bought you those first bunch of deals then without any sales? Was it, was it you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I happen to be an engineer with an MBA. So I did my MBA at INSEAD in France and that gave me a bit of commercial skills. So it was mainly 20% of my time doing, doing sales. And, and did you raise any external funding so far? Yeah. So we, we raised a couple months back, we raised our small seed uh, it was led by gold fund from south uh, from uh, orange county here in socal and um uh, cove is um cove is, is backing us up to um, basically go to series a we, we we expect to go to series a maybe in a um few months maybe in q3 next year um and yeah at the current pace um we should be easily doing it in Q3 next year. Um, and on top of COVID, we have blue startups, we have Tech Coast Angels, we have Hawaiian Angels. Obviously, before our seed, we had a bunch of early backers as, let's say, uh, angel investors and uh, angel groups. And we're so grateful for, for their support. And where are you going to invest this, this money that you've raised going forward? What, what's I mean, your plan? Mainly sales. Sales, mainly, mainly growing sales. Like we, we already invested part of that in building the sales team. Mm -hmm. So my co-founder, uh, Rich Patton, who's the ex VP of Kayak from their early days till their post IPO is basically the, uh, our chief commercial officer. And he is the one building our sales, our sales team, uh, and sales cap capabilities. So we're investing heavily in, in sales and marketing because we didn't have any sales of or let's say we, we just had 20% of my time for sales and marketing before January, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's, that's, that looks like the right way forward. So that's why I, so typically I focus on growth stories a lot, but I've realized it, it, it was mostly founder led sales. So I sort of moved into your conversion funnel and how it all worked for you. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. All right. Al, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hope you scale, you know, sell tech to much, much greater heights. My pleasure, man. Thank you for reaching out and it has been a pleasure talking to you, man.